Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome in to the Boys and Girl Podcast with Cowboys NFL Network reporter Jane Slater and NFL Network producer Bobby Belt. A Cowboys community with the inside scoop on the Dallas Cowboys. Now, coming straight to you from the Lone Star State, here's Jane and Bobby. Well, what a day at the Star in Frisco here on this Tuesday. Now, when we showed up here, it was going to be a light day of practice. Obviously, the Cowboys just coming back from their bye week. They have the day off on Wednesday. And then their Thursday looks like a Wednesday. Of course, the big news we thought was going to be talking to these Cowboys players about Michael Bennett and the trade that happened next week. And we'll get to that. But the bigger story that surfaced today was the Cowboys seem like they weren't done making trades, Bobby. No, it looked like there for a while everybody was buzzing about this potential Jamal Adams trade. And Adams is a guy that I I think Cowboys fans have coveted for a while. I mean, of course, anybody who's from the DFW Metroplex and follows the high school football scene is familiar with what a stud he was uh, in the Carrollton area playing at Hebron High School with actually Dallas Cowboys practice squad member Daniel Wise. They were teammates there. Um, but then had a great career over at LSU, which there's so many LSU fans in the area. So there's there's always been this fondness in this area, I think, for Jamal Adams and the type of player he is. And, uh, you know, with the frustrations that exist at the safety position for the Cowboys, I think this is something fans have really wanted. But it, it seems clear at this point that it's, it's something the Cowboys are kind of longing for as much as. Steven said around the draft, maybe you can, you know, maybe we could say that we've potentially devalued the safety a little bit more than other positions. We haven't valued it quite as much. It does seem like they're starting to wonder if they're getting enough out of there just with the flirtations with Earl Thomas and considering drafting safeties and then this potential trade for Jamal Adams that just didn't happen. It didn't happen. And there were moments where it felt like there was some momentum. We were 12 minutes away from the deadline. I'd gotten a tip from a source that passing game coordinator Chris Richard, head coach Jason Garrett, uh, as well as their safeties coach, were heading into a meeting. And the feeling, at least the buzz in the building, was this Jamal Adams deal is getting done, potentially. And here's what's exciting about Jamal Adams, aside from the fact that he has these local ties and has expressed an interest in wanting to come to Dallas, 24 years old. A guy that has playing experience, he's 24 years old, very similar to what they went out and did with Amari Cooper, who at the time, 24 years old, had four years of playing time under his belt. It makes it a lot more palatable 
for a team to say, we're going to go out there and trade a first-round pick for a guy that is young, doesn't have a history of major injuries, and also has meaningful playing time behind him. This is a vet of sorts. Mm -hmm. Because if you look in the draft this year, they seriously looked at a guy like Juan Thornhill. Yep. They didn't go out and get him. Instead, they went and got Tristan Hill, a guy who has seen very little playing time, even when this defensive line has needed his help. Yeah. No Randy Gregory this year. Taco Charlton got traded to the Miami Dolphins. And then Tyrone Crawford just went on IR. Yeah, and you've had injuries to Antoine Woods at times. And, uh, you know, we had the suspension with Robert Quinn. And uh, now, obviously, Tristan Hill doesn't play on the edge. But this is a team that struggled up the middle and, and could use a really good defensive tackle. And the fact that Tristan Hill, a lot of games, can't even get active does make you wonder while Juan Thornhill is, like, leading the Chiefs in defensive snaps right now and making plays for them, it does make you wonder a little bit if not long-term. I think the Cowboys knew that Tristan Hill was a project player. He wasn't necessarily somebody that was going to jump in and, and you know, take over right away. He, he was raw. Uh, but it does make you wonder if they're kind of second-guessing themselves a little bit and saying, should we have made the more immediate, potentially short-sighted decision and, and gone with the safety um, that maybe would be playing for us right now over this defensive tackle who could be playing for us in two years. And look, they didn't take Juan Thornhill. They flirted with the idea of Earl Thomas. And when I say flirt, a lot of people characterize these as serious talks. And I had said the whole time, there weren't meaningful conversations with Earl because Earl wanted to get paid. And the Cowboys were not prepared to pay a player at his age with his history of injuries, that sort of money and a new contract to come to Dallas. I, and I, I think that it, that, and to clarify, because I think you agree with this too, I think that when it reached free agency, that's where it was unrealistic. I do think that back when he bowed before their sideline and stuff, I do think there were trade talks. I think the Cowboys had flirted with that more seriously than they flirted with him as a free agent option. The takeaway that I got, Bobby, that whole time was that it wasn't anything super serious. And so obviously the media characterized it that way. I think there was a desire to bring him to Dallas, but I never got the sense in talking to my team sources that that ever was anything serious. And I mean, it's funny. You mentioned this about the, you know, Amari Cooper's one guy and, and, you know, he's 24 years old and he was younger and you had control for a little bit. It was funny that at the press conference, he actually got asked by Todd Archer, Jason Garrett did about, you know, are you guys a little bit more hesitant to give up these big pieces though? Uh, like, you know, a first-round pick. Are you guys having missed that last year? Are you a little hesitant to give it up this year? And, uh, you know, Garrett didn't say no. He he sort of just said, well, Amari Cooper made a lot of plays for us, and he was 24. And that's what Jamal Adams is. So I, I... And they went 7-2 and two after acquiring him. Yeah. He was the missing piece on that offense. He was the, the piece that when we were at training camp, they said we were going to try and do this tight end wide receiver by committee thing. And it was an abject failure for them. Oh, yeah. So they, you know, they started off the season three and five. They pick up Amari Cooper. It ends up being a difference maker for them. Seven and two. I actually went to Amari Cooper in the locker room on Tuesday. And I said, can you give a guy like Michael Bennett any wisdom coming in and getting traded? <laughs> being true to Amari. Nothing's really changed. He said, no, he didn't really have any any real insider advice for him. But what I would say is if you look to a guy like Amari to the front office, this should have at least been a lesson that. This was a trade where you gave up a first rounder that made sense. There's been a lot of guys that they flirted with around here. We've heard their names come up, like Indomic and Sue in the past and things like that, that I got, right? The price mm-hmm. tag was too high. Jamal Adams was one of those. Even though when I reached out to a team source and I said, okay, why was it too pricey? They told me they didn't want to get into the specifics. 
out of respect for the Jets, but that they essentially wanted a lot, mm-hmm. but a little bit more than Jalen Ramsey. Or a little bit less. A little bit less than Jalen Ramsey. So in order to refresh that for you, it was what? Two first rounders and a fourth. It was, it was two first rounders and a fourth. So what does a little less mean? Does a little less mean not the fourth rounder and they wanted two firsts and, or maybe it's a first and a second and a fourth, or, I mean, a, a little bit less definitely, but I mean, you're in the ballpark of Jalen Ramsey and maybe that's the thing. Maybe the Cowboys are shrewd enough to say, we'll, we'll give up one first rounder because we can kind of see immediately into this next draft class. We can see how this player is going to impact us now, but man, you're asking us to give up two first rounders potentially. Now we're into a class that we don't even really know yet. We don't know where we are as a team yet. That's not something we're comfortable doing. And see, here's where, again, I struggle with this idea a little bit because you've got your quarterback unlocked. That's that's a situation that's going to get done. It just yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, you've got your running back for the future. He's locked in. You've got your offensive line, but you're going to need to have some depth in your next couple of drafts to sure. assist with some of the breakdown of that. Uh, at tight end, I think they feel pretty good about Blake Jarwin's development. Yeah. The way Jason Witten's playing, he's at least got another year. So offense, I think, is is taken care of. I think in the next draft, they're going to have to really start focusing again on defensive line, safety, and corner. But if you can shore up the safety with two first-round picks... <sighs> but that's the thing. You do have three things, Again, at his age... Well, and I mean, let's... let's And here, maybe this is... A the, vet of sorts. Let's, let's put put yourself in the Cowboys. And look, you, you would have even had more control over Jamal Adams than you had over Amari Cooper when you traded for him. Because Amari Cooper was a year and a half left on his deal. The Cowboys, if they would have pulled the trigger on the deal, would have had could two have and a theory. half years. And you could have, in theory, I guess, traded him if you'd wanted to. Sure, if things didn't work out. Right. or you, I mean, you, you don't have to hold on to it you know, for forever. And there's a fifth-year option there they could have declined, which they wouldn't have. But they could have if they needed to. Uh, but it is it's interesting to see that the Cowboys, I think, you know, Tyron Smith's getting more banged up. Travis Frederick has had his health issues. Zach, Martin. uh, Zach Martin's had his back issues. They're still, I don't think, completely sure what they have with Connor Williams or what his future is. Lil Collins had an injury this so, year. As they're sitting here trying to determine how much they're going to invest and for how long they're going to invest in their quarterback, they know they're going to do it, but they don't quite know what the figures are yet. If he's, if so much of that, you know, they're, they're investing so much in that, they're going to want to invest in protecting that asset, which will include the guys up front. And so, I mean, that that may be some something that they had a conversation about, is that when they look at, okay, giving up two first-round picks for Jamal Adams, though, means we're potentially setting ourselves up to be two years into the future or three years into the future and three years more of these guys potentially breaking down before we can even have a crack at a first-round pick to protect Dak up front. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. But while you have all this talent right now and the window is, again, we keep talking about the window is closing with Jerry Jones. Mm-hmm. Why not put your chips on the table now? And I think they, I think. Because if, how much longer, again, we're now into the fourth season with Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. You know, and I get not wanting to leverage the future, mortgage your future, go down the list. Mm-hmm. But if if the mentality is sort of win now and you just put a couple of added pieces on this team, that safety position is something we've been talking about yeah. for the for literally the last three four years. Right. Yeah. No. And I think. And that how much longer are they going to be talking about it? The the only thing there for the Cowboys, I think, is of course they're in this win now mode, but they have. I I mean, it's a a huge shift from the days of the past of giving up two first round picks for Joey Galloway or, or other things where you end up mortgaging the future. I mean. We saw how brutal it was for the Cowboys when they were without first-round picks for two, three years in a row. Where and they went and spent fifty million dollars on Brandon Carr at corner. Yeah, I, I think as much as I think as much as Jerry wants this and recognizes this as a window, I also think that it's more terrifying the thought to potentially go all in in this window, and then if it doesn't fall apart, then you have no future for the next few years after that. But I'm telling you, I think it's less Jerry, more Stephen. It probably was more Steven, but I don't know if you may disagree with this, but I think if it was just the Jets had said, give us a first for Jamal Adams, I think the Cowboys pulled the trigger on that. I think first. With as much as they wrestled over potentially what sounded like it could have been up to two first round, I think a single first round pick they would have done it, or maybe a first and a fifth. I think the Cowboys pulled the trigger I on agree. that. I think, agree. I think if it was a first and a fifth, possibly, but I think it was the fact that they wanted, I got the sense it was two first rounders plus one of those mid-round picks, and I think that is what essentially was a little bit too much for them. Which I, Unfortunate, I, which because I, I do think if you think of the what if, and again, this isn't taking away from you know Jeff Heath. I think Jeff Heath has, has had some nice plays over the years. I think Xavier Woods, I was expecting a little bit more out of him at camp. He showed up so chippy. He talked about this chip on his shoulder, uh, that he was a little disrespected 
that people wanted to go out and acquire a guy like Earl Thomas, but they just the safety position for whatever reason in Dallas. Which, which to be fair, Xavier Woods name did, the last great safety in Dallas. Oh gosh, I mean you're like Darren Woodson, Roy Williams. I mean it's been the years. The fact that but, my sports savant can't just readily name well, you. Well, I had Roy Williams, but I didn't know if like somebody would take issue with me saying he's a great safety. The last great safety was Darren Woodson, but I mean yeah, that was two thousand. That was two thousand three. But I, I do think that. You know, when you look at how the Cowboys have, have structured this and knowing that if we were to have to give up multiple first-round picks, we just lost a first. I mean, you're then looking at three straight years potentially without a first-round pick. You're looking at, you've already, it's not a big pick, but you gave up a seventh, sixth conditional, you know, for Michael Bennett. You then probably would have had to give up an extra mid-round pick for Jamal Adams. You're signing your guys. These guys aren't walking away, which means you're not getting compensatory selections. You're not getting extra mid-round picks. I think it just... It was probably too. It looked too bare into the future for them to be willing to do it. We're here to talk you off the ledge, Cowboys fans. Yeah. Now look, I mean, no <laughs> doubt. Like I am Jamal Adams. I think, and I said this to you when we first started hearing the rumors. If they would have traded for Jamal Adams, I immediately would have thought they're like that's the NFC favorite now. The Cowboys are 100 percent the NFC favorite. You don't think adding, they're the NFC favorite now? No. I mean, I think San Francisco's defense is playing too good to say they're the NFC favorite. I'm just and, messing and, with you. No, I know. <laughs> no, you know, it's funny. I was having this conversation with John Machota from the Athletic last week that don't you think that the Cowboys sitting at four and three right now with the way they've played. That's as bad as their record could possibly be because they're four games that they've won. They've blown the teams out. It's not like it's been, you know, a play here or there. The three games that they've lost have been the games where it could have gone either way. They haven't been winning close ball games. And so it feels a lot like with the way they've played on Sundays, four and three is about as bad as they could be. And they're potentially a play or two away from it being up to 7-0, and losing games by two points. Have you looked at some of the games they've got left, Bobby? I know it. I know. I'm not saying that the schedule the rest of the way isn't difficult. I'm just okay, saying so that... They... I just... Hold on. Let me walk that one back. Sure. So you think at 4-3, and three, mm-hmm. even though they've lost to the... They, 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 I always equate that Miami game as a loss, even though they won it, because it <laughs> felt like a loss. It felt like a loss early on in the game. Mm-hmm. You're thinking that this is the worst they're going to look all season no, ahead of this bye. No, 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 no. Let me. We, let... we look down the stretch, and we've got Patriots. You've got the Bears on the road. You've got the Eagles at the link. No, no, no. Let, let me clarify. I didn't make that clear. I guess. So, <laughs> yeah, so, let's clarify. No, that. no. Here's here's what I'm looking at. I'm saying that when you look at the way they played in each of the first seven games, okay, and that you just take how they played in each of those games, you would say that okay, well, the four games that they won, they won handily. So those weren't a play like they they weren't a play or two away from losing those. Okay, and the three with the games exception they, of mm-hmm. the Philly game. Well, they won by twenty seven though. Right, with the exception of the Philly game, mm-hmm. I thought the Philly game was when they actually looked like a team. Sure. That you could hang your hat on yeah. the way they played. Their backs were against the wall. People were saying that this team wasn't what everyone expected them to be. They had crowned them too early as a preseason Super Bowl favorite. Mm-hmm. But when I look at some of their other games this year, the way they won, I'm not overly convinced that this is a team that can win against the Saints, that can oh, win yeah. against the 49ers. Yeah, no, I get and and I agree with that. I'm just saying that I, I think that they are I think when you look at how they've played in the games, the the worst but like they are a couple plays away from being seven and zero. If they don't have the drop touchdown from Amari they lose by two points to the Jets in the pack. I'm saying one play in each of those games potentially changes the outcome of those games, whereas the four games they won were not 
one play differences. So I'm saying the way that they've played on Sundays, four and three is about as bad as their record could be through seven games. And that's a, like the bottom. They've played, their record has played out as bad as it possibly could for the way that they've played. I wish the fans listening could see my face <laughs> as I allow him to walk us through this I get optimism. This, I, I have this, I, I get this look on her face like three times. That Usually I'll make, it was so funny. You guys should have seen. I guess my argument is, the eyeball test, seeing these guys at camp, yeah, I assumed the record would be better than what it is. Oh yeah, that and that that's my point. I'm saying they have played because when you looked at the front end of this schedule, mm-hmm. that front end of the schedule was the same schedule. We we're saying they don't need Ezekiel Elliott for the first six games. They're they're going to go out there and dominate these teams. It's the back half of the schedule that's going to be so tough. Right. So when I look at the four and three record, it's because I anointed them so high Mm -hmm. that my expectations for this team have fallen short. And quite frankly, Bobby, I think if you talk to some of the guys in the locker room, they feel that they have fallen short of their own expectations of what this season could have been. And I think it's interesting. I think that's something that's really set in with them in the last couple weeks. Oh, I felt it today. Yeah, because I think after the when you looked at after the Saints game, they kind of made some excuses. Packers was a little bit of a wake up and okay, this is when they lost to the Jets, they're like, we've royally screwed up here, like on our end. Like this is, a, we have dropped the ball here. And then you oh, saw them. Oh, I forgot them, about that one. Yeah, you saw them come out again. And that's when you heard, De- I, I thought it was great when. See, I always think of Miami being the most demoralizing game again, even though they won <laughs> that. started the funk for them. Right. But I, I, how could I have forgotten? Of course, it's easy to forget that Jets game. Yeah, no. And, uh, you know, I, I think that. They came out of that Jets game, and I think it was a slap and you know back to reality. And they go, "We're we're really close to losing this season if we don't get it right." And so I think that you saw them come out against Philly, and when the question came to Dak after the Philly game, and it was like, you know, why does the backs against the wall always have to? And he said, "We're going to handle success better now." And I think that's the thing. I think that's something that they really do seem to. And it's super optimistic, maybe, but like I do feel like when you talk to the guys in the locker over the last week or so, it does feel like they're understanding that we we understand what happened that got us to a place where we lost three in a row, like mentally inside this locker room. And we're correcting that. That statement forward. was so fascinating to me. And I say that because, you know, Dak winning the way that he did his rookie season, mm-hmm. literally taking over the reins from Tony Romo, who again was not even allowed to compete for his job back. Right. And the way they handled success that year the fact that this year, after just a couple of games, but isn't that they the feel ca- like they can't handle success? Like I feel like they handled success really well for a bunch of rookies. But it was it wasn't that the thing. It was kind of you know. Uh, I think they. I think if anything, they drank the Kool Aid. They listened that, to a lot of us in the media. That, that's and that was the difference. The difference hyping was, them up. The difference was the expectation. The expect for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's and maybe it starts with the quarterback because Dak has talked about this before. He's always had a chip on his shoulder. Remember, he's always gotten the start starting job because somebody has been injured and then he's never given it back. Yeah, he's you're the co- first person to put out that note that I remember that stuck with me. I heard you report that his rookie year that at high school, college, and the NFL, he got the starting job by a guy getting hurt and never was gave it not back. supposed to keep it and kept it at all three spots. He's just a guy. He's for, a warrior. There are just certain people for whatever reason. They do better when their backs are against the wall. When people doubt them, they love the bulletin board material. They love D Law. For instance, D Law. Lo- he he thrives he in it. it. He loves it. You know, it was that quote that that had a lot of people scratching their head when Amari Cooper said that Jason Garrett ahead of that Eagles game said, 
get comfortable being uncomfortable, but he took it a step further. And Amari being the philosophical guy that he is, I asked him, I said, what resonated, what message? And he said, it wasn't that he just said, be comfortable being uncomfortable. It was thrive in being uncomfortable. And I got the sense that these guys, this group do better when you're not anointing them and giving them A pluses. They want the failing grade. They want you to bank against them. They want you to believe that they are not capable of success. It's weird. I have I have actually a good story about this one, which I don't think I've ever told before. So I, I think I've told you, but I don't think I've ever tweeted it or said it anywhere. Uh, this past summer, um, Dak Prescott was at a youth football camp that Aqib Talib was putting on. Aqib Talib and, and Dak Prescott they share they share the same agent, um, and so they've got a relationship there. And Aqib Talib was putting on a football camp in North Texas. Dak was out there, and I was uh, talking with our, our mutual friend, the wide receiver skills trainer David Robinson, and uh, we were talking about Dak's improvement that I had like been seeing out at these practices during the off season. And I'd said, you know, he, he, I said, he's look, I'll pull up a video real quick that the Cowboys website posted. And you, it was this beautiful pass down the sideline where he hits, uh, I don't know, he hit one of the receivers down the sideline, just dropped a dime in a bucket from 40 yards out. And uh, D Rob sees this, and, and Dak was walking along on the other side, and D Rob calls him over, and he said, uh, he said, pull that up again, pull that, show him this. And so I, I pulled up the clip, and I turned it over to Dak, and D Rob goes, you know, oh, you, you, you you're nice now, huh? You you think you're nice. He said, uh, and, and Dak smiled, but then like it very seriously just said to D Rob, he said, no, no. He's like, y'all got to stop making me feel good. He said, I want y'all to say, I can't do it. I need that. And that's the, that's, that's the type of guy he is. It fueled me in my own personal career. <laughs> yes. Honestly. I yeah. mean, when I think about all the stops that I've made and how long it took me to get where I got, I typically did better when people told me I couldn't do something. My dad's favorite thing to say to me is, tell me the one thing you failed at today. Like he, <laughs> like my dad is the type of guy that, you know, that's how he motivated me. So look, as much as I'm sitting here criticizing the guys, I sort of understand it in my own sort of personal journey uh, into the sportscasting business that sometimes we thrive in being uncomfortable. Sure. And I think that Dak, though, has, he made it clear. And I think we've seen it, you, you can read... Dak reads better than when he speaks. When you read it back, you get more of it. And, and it does seem like he has taken to heart that we're going to handle this better. And so I, I do believe they're going to handle it better in the second half of the season. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. 
Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. And quick update on the DAC contract. I know there was some talk from Stephen Jones earlier in the week when he said this on the fan. Stephen, are there any giant glaring weaknesses of DACs that you'd like to throw out there for negotiation purposes? <laughs> Absolutely not. My mind is flawless. So uh, the only thing we need him to do is work with us a little bit. And I understand because it's his money and it's easy for for someone else to say, but the only reason, you know, we're having a negotiation is to, you know, talk him into all the reasons why it's good to have a good supporting cast around him. And, uh, you know, other than that, it'd be real easy to write the check. It's not saving Jerry and I any money. What we're trying to do is, you know, keep this young football team together. We think it's a really good one. We think it's only going to get better because it is young. And, uh, you know, other than that, this negotiation would have been over with, uh, you know, months ago, but, uh, I think he understands where we're coming from. We we understand uh, where he's coming from, and ultimately uh, we'll figure this out. Now, I talked to my team sources about this, Bobby, because a lot of people have been trying to figure out, well, why hasn't this deal gotten done? It was my understanding they haven't talked in a while. So there was no discussion during the bye week, according to my team sources. Um, and while I'd reported and Todd France took issue with this um, earlier this this summer when I said that the initial asking price, again, I was told was $40 million, but everyone's going to ask for that that price that sort of the, the that hits the, the ceiling. The report came right. afterwards. Zeke asked for 20 a year. Right. He settled for 15. So, right. So you ask for a number that's here. Since then, I've been told that he's come down. The number is closer to a 33, 35-ish. Uh, but for whatever reason, they're still not able to get this deal done. Now, both sides still seem very confident that the deal is getting done when you talk to both parties. Uh, but an interesting statement from Stephen Jones this week uh, or during the bye week uh, worth pointing out, like I said, that it seems like both sides still think this is going to get done, but it hasn't. The, fa- the fact that that number has come down to what it is. And I think the Cowboys, that was the number I think that, that I, they were always working. I, th- that I, I think both sides were assuming it was going to get and to. I, and I, the fact that it's come to that is why I'm perhaps a little shocked that it hasn't gotten done. So no Jamal Adams, no new contract for Dak Prescott during the bye week. But you did get this guy. 
Michael Bennett is headed to the Dallas Cowboys in exchange for a 2021 seventh round pick that is actually conditional. It's going to become a sixth round pick. We've been trying to block him for a number of years and had an opportunity to get him and bring him on board. And uh, we think he can help our football team. Pass off to, you know, Will and the guys in the front office um, for making these big time moves. I'm just excited to have him in the locker room and be a part of our D-Boys. We're going to make something happen. His resume speaks for his job. He has the talent and, 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 and it went and got him for a reason. When they bring a guy in, we understand that he, he can help our cause and get to a Super Bowl and um, winning it. But it, it's all about maintaining our details and focusing on week by week. Now we were in the Cowboys locker room on Tuesday and of course a light day, sort of like their Mondays after a game. They have the day off on Wednesday and then it's back to work on Thursday. And we did get the opportunity to catch up with a few of the players, namely the president of the Hot Boys uh, organization here, the defensive <laughs> line, and asked him what he thought of this Michael Bennett pickup. And more specifically, is this a guy that fits in with the Hot Boys culture? The attitude, the swagger that he brings, um, I feel like that Hot Boy culture is already in him. Uh, it's just all about being with the right group. Now, look, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, I sort of loved what he said about him in the sense that, you know, look, he has that attitude. He sort of fits into this, the swag of the team. Uh, when you look at guys like Robert Quinn, who has been such a nice addition to this team and seeing what he's been able to do, uh, a guy like Demarcus Lawrence. But I did think it was also interesting that Demarcus almost made it seem like, yes, he's here, but it's a little bit of competition now for a guy like Demarcus Lawrence. Man, Bennett on the field, somebody got to get a sack. They got to beat me to it. The end. <laughs> Yeah. Do you All welcome right, that competition out there, then? Oh, absolutely. Um, that's what we live for. I mean, that's the whole point of playing this game. If you if you have competition, you have greatness to be. So uh, competition don't do nothing but bring greatness out you. Seems like he kind of likes the fact that you've got a guy pushing him a little bit. And that was something that Robert Quinn said to me when I brought it up to him. You know, when you bring in you know, a talented player like Bennett, I'm going to just take it as a personal challenge. You don't want someone to come in and outshine you. So, <laughs> I mean, you, you're just trying to, not, not in, a dis, in a disrespectful way. It's more just bringing the best out of a person. Um, you know, it just makes it exciting because, you know, you need someone to push you. Never, as we say, never get comfortable where you're at. So, I mean, just you know, adding, pushing us to get better. I mean, I'm not saying we haven't been working hard and been doing that, but I have just a little, you know, wrinkle, you know, that they brought in, uh, I think it could be great for us, but uh, you know, like I said, with the again, I keep saying his resume speaks for itself, so you can't let him come in here and take all the shine. <laughs> there is a little bit of pride with this group. They're competitive. I remember I was talking to Antoine Woods at the end of last year's training camp when he kind of burst onto the scene and took a roster spot when nobody was really expecting it. It was a stacked defensive line group, and, and some good players ended up having to get cut in the process. And I remember I asked him about that. I said, you know, is that a little difficult, you know, knowing that some guys are going to be – and he said, like, no. He said, that's what pushes us to be what we are is that competition. And, you know, we, we're going to miss certain guys, you know, their friends or whatever. But at the end of the day, this is a business and this is a competition. And it's not just competing against the guy across from you. It's competing against the guy next to you for those snaps. And he said – and I think that's – as much as that drives all across the team, I think it really drives that defensive line room. Well, you know, it was interesting. We talked to Robert Quinn on Tuesday. We talked to Demarcus Lawrence. But the one guy that literally lit up when I asked him a Michael, about Michael Bennett, and keep in mind, I'm talking about Leighton Van Der Esch. This is a guy who has the same sort of intensity as Sean Lee. Like, he has a, a great personality, but he's so intense like Sean. You know, he takes everything very seriously. He was almost childlike 
Which we never see. Which we never see. When I asked him about Michael Bennett, you have to hear this. Uh, I love it. I love it. I mean, I watched him a lot when he was at Seattle. Uh, and then obviously when he was at Philly and in New England. So, uh, I mean, to get a vet like him, pro bowler on the team, uh, it's good energy. So, uh, I love it. I love the trade. So, when you when you got that first text, did you get it from a teammate? Did you see it across the news wires? I saw it on the media, yeah. <laughs> so, what was your initial reaction? I was like... Okay, let's go. I was like, okay, we made a good move. So uh, it's good to see. Uh, it's good to see him around the facility now and in today during practice. So uh, yeah, it's awesome. Was he pretty scrappy out there? Or John a lot? Uh, I mean, he, uh, he just brings energy. He just he's just radiant. So and, and I love that about him. So uh, I think he's going to bring in even more energy like that to our defense. And that's what we need. So we love guys like that. All right. So it's a nice piece to add to the locker room. But there are were a lot of questions. There were a lot of questions about Michael Bennett when the trade was announced, namely a guy that is real big into social activism, uh, something that they sort of gave a knock on Robert Quinn when he came yeah. here because he put his you know his fist up. That uh, was a question. That was a big question. Uh, there was also the fact that this guy has been with four teams in 24 games. In other words, does he rub teams the wrong way? So we figured we didn't get Michael Bennett in the locker room on Tuesday. We hope to get him. Uh, when we're back there on Thursday and bring that to you on Friday. But we found the next best thing for you. We did. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. 
You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Doug Hendrickson is going to join us now. He is the executive vice president of football at Wasserman. And uh, Doug has actually been named this year, the most recent list, as one of the uh, top sports agents by Forbes. And he has negotiated over half a billion dollars in active NFL contracts. And he is actually the agent for one of the newest Dallas Cowboys, Michael Bennett. And he's here to talk to us a little bit about Michael and uh, what he brings to the table. Uh, Doug, how are you doing today? Good. Well, I need to hire you guys as my PR team. I like that. <laughs> I like the opening. I got to record that and uh, and get that out to the world. But I, no, I appreciate it. And uh, I'm doing great other than the uh, fires up here in Northern California where I live. And it's been uh, been without power for four days. So it's been uh, brutal. We're safe and all that. But it's, uh, it's uh, you know, devastating stuff that's going on. But other than that, I'm good. Thanks well, for having me on. Before we even get to Michael Bennett, i got to ask you, how close are they to your house? So I'm in Marin County, and, and all of Marin, 100% of Marin is without power for the last four days. Wow. Uh, you know, it's Tiburon, Sausalito, Marin, all that stuff. Uh, and so the heel, the fires are in Healdsburg and Sonoma, which is only, you know, 45 miles away. So it's obviously very smoky and uh, and whatnot. And so we're, we're fine, our house and all that stuff. But obviously up there in wine country, it's been pretty devastating so it's uh, it's brutal it's brutal to see and watch and have a lot of people i know up there that are affected and whatnot so it's uh it's not fun well obviously sports news important that much more important glad to see that you and your family are doing safe so let's dive into this michael bennett stuff yeah uh, you know first off i guess lead off with you know there's a lot of chatter about well has michael bennett fallen off why was he available one year after such a great year you know in philadelphia I guess just talk about what kind of a player the Cowboys are getting in Michael Bennett. Well, you know, first of all, you're getting, a, you know, an elite pass rusher, uh, an elite player, a Pro Bowl player. Remember, he had nine sacks last year. He went to New England. Uh, they gave him a pay raise to go there. Um, but really, just it, it, it purely comes down to schematically they, they shifted their defense uh, after he got there to really a, a two five four per se or a two four five, however you want to put it. And so they were not using their defensive ends a whole lot. And um, and so it really came down to, you know, he, he's done nothing wrong or, you know, falling out of favor with him is more of a situation where dramatically he wasn't being used. And, you know, you can't argue with what the Patriots are doing. There ain't no. Um, and so really came down to, you know, getting the right fit for Michael. He feels he's got, you know, a couple years left in him to play. And um, and, uh, you know, the Cowboys have always been intriguing to him. And I think that defense fits him much better. But. No, you, you get, they're getting a great player, a guy that can rush the passer from the inside to the outside for 10, 11 years. Um, he's got a lot of life in him, and uh, he's excited to do what he does best and get to the quarterback. So much life in him that he is known for his outspoken personality, some of his social activism off the field, which you know a lot of people would argue is not a bad thing. In fact, Robert Quinn in the locker room today, very supportive of that. But I think one of the narratives when this news came out, just to be frank with you, was four different teams in 24 games. In other words, he wears on teams, but it sounds like you're just telling us this was more of a schematic thing with him in New England, possibly some philosophical differences, not so much of a falling out with the teammates. Help us set that narrative straight. 
Yeah, look, I mean, if you go back to Seattle, you know, I, I had a lot of those guys, Marshawn Lynch and obviously Bennett and those guys up there. And, and that was a move at that time when they were getting rid of their old regime. They got rid of, obviously, you know, Cliff and, and, and Bob, not Bobby, but Cliff and, and, and Earl left and Cam got hurt and, and, and they were kind of getting rid of the old guys and starting fresh. So that was purely just a, a move to get younger in Seattle. He goes to Philly, has a great year, um, does what he's got to do, and arguably – uh, you know, they move on from them, uh, and, and no one really knows why they moved on. I don't quite know. They needed help. Um, but they, the teammate, teammates-wise, I've always loved Michael. He's got some massive supporters everywhere he's gone, and, and as well as coaches and all that, too. You know, Michael is, does obviously speak his mind. Uh, we all know, look, we're all in borrowed time. Life is short. And, you know, you got to live life how you want to live it because you never know when it's going to end. And Michael's always lived that way. He's a great father, three beautiful daughters, great wife, the whole deal. Um, but yeah, it, it really Seattle was a pure uh, getting younger, a, a shift in, in, in their culture. Uh, Philly, quite honestly, didn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, but he goes to New England and they give him a raise. Uh, and then it purely came down to they shifted their defense. And that's all it was. If you looked at all their defensive ends, no one was playing really more than Michael. It was always kind of the same amount. So the Cowboy fans will love what they see in Michael. He's a passionate guy. Um, he's a leader. Teammates love him. I've already talked to Jalen Smith, one of my clients, and Justin March there, and he says he's fitting right in and doing great, and um, and they'll love what they have to see. You know, when you look at uh, – we, have, we haven't got a chance to talk to Michael yet. Uh, locker was open today, but Michael had already finished for the day, so we haven't got a chance to speak to him yet. I'm sure you have. Uh, what kind of excitement does he have about specifically coming to Dallas? Is this an opportunity he's really looking forward to? Yeah, look, he's really excited. I mean, if, you know, he didn't want to leave New England. I mean, look, he went there and was, was you know, hoping to be there the next couple of years and, and, and go from there. But obviously when it kind of came down to them possibly moving on, you know, Dallas was the team he wanted to go to. I mean, he, he's obviously from Houston. Um, he played with Chris Richard in Seattle, knows him very well, uh, knows a lot of the players. The, the scheme fit is perfect for him. And so, you know, in his mind, if he felt if he had a – if New England was going to be out and, and they were going to move on from whatever it may be or trade him, then the one team he wanted to go to was Dallas. Um, and, and arguably he wasn't going to go and didn't want to go to a team that was going to be a – a non-playoff team and like the Dolphins, whoever. So he wanted to go to the next best fit. And, uh, and that team for him was the Cowboys all day long. So he, he's excited to be there. And, you know, he's, his goal is to win the division, uh, you know, put a couple sacks into Philly and New England and, and uh, get the team to the playoffs and hopefully Super Bowl. It is certainly fascinating when you think of his personality, Robert Quinn and Demarcus Lawrence is something that we've sort of talked with the guys today in the locker room about. But I am curious, this all sort of came about as a bit of a surprise. I don't think a lot of us saw this as a possibility. Take us behind the scenes. Who initiated the phone call? How quickly did this come together? Well, look, when Michael got suspended for the game, uh, you know, last week, he, you know, he did nothing wrong. He just had a, had, a, had a discussion, and I'll call it a philosophical discussion with his position coach that led to him getting suspended for a week. I think he came down to, you know, uh, Coach Belichick and, and, and Stephen Jones and Jerry talking and, and figure things out. So they kind of, you know, initiated in their end and, and then brought me in the loop and we went from there. But, um, you know, yeah, it, it, it's, uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't blown away by it. I, you know, Michael wants to play uh, this year, next year, and he wasn't playing there. And it wasn't like he was doing anything wrong, but look, he, he's not, he, he's not just want to sit on the bench. He wants to play and contribute. And so I think the Cowboys looked at it like, look, you know, we can bring this guy in a guy that can get after it and help us on that D line and, and, and help Lawrence out and Quinn out and everybody else and get over the hump. So I think it's an incredible trade by Jerry and Steven. 
uh, you know, for bringing him on right now to really help this team across the get across the finish line. Now, when you talk philosophical, did it get contentious with this position, Coach? Because there are players that we have seen have big personalities in Dallas, and Dallas seems to be able to absorb them. We've talked to a guy like Jesse Hawley, who played wide receiver here, went up to New England and said it is a very different ball game. So give us a sense for the Cowboy fans. When you say philosophical difference, is this a guy that's going to get along with this coaching staff? We know he has a previous relationship with Chris Richard, but is this a guy that, in other words, is not going? Because, again, that narrative still has been there that he sort of wears his time out in places. And I'm trying to set the record straight to give sort of a, a, a better idea of how that went down, what he's like as a player and a teammate. We'll put it this way. If, if Richard didn't stand the table for him and, and acknowledge who he was, this thing wouldn't happen. So, no, the, the Cowboy fans have nothing but positive things to uh, be excited about. He's uh, I've represented him for a long time. Uh, I, I know him and his wife and family very well, and I know what kind of person he is. And, and he's a guy that's a winner. Uh, he's a leader. He understands football. He's very bright. Uh, he's not just, uh, hey, you know, he, he's going to think about things. And, and at times, I, with the discussion in New England, have an open, candid conversation like anybody should be able to do at 32 years old to have a talk with your coach about, hey, playing time or whatever it may be. These guys are not robots. Uh, these guys are humans. And I think some people times people forget that. And a healthy conversation is nothing negative, in my opinion. But, uh, but no, he's excited to be there. And trust me, he's going to fit in great uh, with this team and, and this locker room. And, and uh, if any Cowboy fans are listening and concerned about it, they have nothing to be concerned about. <laughs> I actually agree. I, I, you know, I think a lot of people were initially sort of taken, taken aback by this one just because he is so vocal. And, you know, I've heard Jerry Jones and sort of his thoughts on the social activism thing. There were all these questions about Robert Quinn and putting up the fist, which hasn't been an issue in Dallas. But I think his personality and DeMarcus Lawrence talked about it a little bit today, how he sort of embodies that hot boys culture. I actually think this is a good fit for him. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And and in terms of that fit, you know, we know he's got the rest of this year, then he's got another year on his contract next year. Um, getting deeper into his career now, Doug, I guess last question for you here. How much longer does Michael want to play? And does Michael see this as his last stop? I mean, is this a, a long-term fit for him here in Dallas? Yeah, I think he eventually wanted to migrate back to Texas. And so, yeah, I think, look, I think he'd love to, you know, he'd love to be there uh, for the duration. And as you know, when you get in this stage of your career, uh, you know, the, these deals are all year by year anyways, for the most part. But uh, no, I, he, I, I, I would envision him. Look, I, I kind of sit there and, and look at the crystal ball and, and see the Cowboys win the division, uh, hopefully get the Super Bowl. And I, w- I would think that he would love to be there a couple more years after this. I mean, they look, they have a big need for him. There's not many guys that can get the pass like he can. He still plays at a very, very high level. And, uh, you know, this is this is uh, hopefully his last stop. Uh, he's, he has moved around a little bit in the last couple of years, but um, he, he's excited to be there. His family is and uh, he's happy, which is great. And like I said, in life, you got to be happy, man. We're all we never know what's going to end. We're all in borrowed time. And he's happy to be there and excited. Well, great work. You certainly know how to make a splash and get him in some of these places that certainly grab the headlines. And he's wearing Number 79, Harvey Martins, who certainly has a history in Dallas. Uh, let's hope that uh, he has the same sort of impact that Martin did. Amen. I love it. And he's excited. And thank you guys for having me on. Well, as I said to Doug, I do think that this Michael Bennett trade is intriguing. It was something we certainly didn't see coming. I think this shows that the Cowboys are interested in upgrading. Even though they didn't get the Jamal Adams thing done, it seems that they do feel like the time is now. They were out there. They were active. They went and got a guy that 
knows the Texas area well, former Aggie, uh, but also a guy that brings sort of another dog to that defensive line, someone that I think is going to be very intriguing along with Demarcus Lawrence and Robert Quinn. Now, can two dogs exist on the line? We'll have to see. Yeah. No, I think it's going to be – I think this is a good addition. I think that, you know, Chris Richard, as as Doug said there, Michael Bennett wouldn't be here if Chris Richard didn't stand up on the table and say he wanted him here. Yep. And so I think that Chris Richard having faith in him is a big thing. Uh, you know, you you know, I love my stats research and stuff. So, you know, for those of you wondering about Michael Bennett, two really good stats. First off, no player has ever hit Dak Prescott more than Michael Bennett. He's hit him 10 times in three games. He has been hell for the Cowboys to block over the last couple of years. I and loved then, your line earlier this week. If you can't beat him, acquire him. Yeah, exactly. That's what they had to go out and do. And so the other the other one that I actually discovered today which was surprising even to me, is that when you look at since 2015, so four seasons and some change, uh, that Michael Bennett, the only players in the NFL that have more quarterback hits than Michael Bennett over the last five seasons are Vaughn Miller and Aaron Donald. That's it. Michael (laughs) Bennett is getting to the quarterback just as frequently as, just as or more frequently as anybody in the league other than Vaughn Miller and Aaron Donald. You're such a nerd. I love it. I am. That's why I'm glad that you're part of my team. And I hope those of you that are listening have got some fun little nuggets when you are talking about this Cowboys game and the recent acquisition of Michael Bennett with your friends. You guys can be water cooler champs. Coming up on our next episode, we'll start digging into this Giants, Cowboys, and NFC East uh, meeting their second one this season. Going to be intriguing because keep in mind... They saw Eli Manning to start the season, and boy, did Demarcus Lawrence already give us a little bulletin board material when he talked about facing Daniel Jones ahead of this one. You know the New York papers are going to have fun with this this week. Absolutely, and uh, also keep in mind, I mean, not only is Daniel Jones there now, but just a couple weeks removed from absolutely abusing Dak Prescott, the Giants have now acquired Leonard Williams. So a good chance for the Cowboys to get some redemption there and uh, hopefully do a better job of containing him. But yeah, hopefully we'll have some preview stuff for you on the Giants and then maybe we'll find out some more nuggets about what exactly went down with this Jamal Adams deal and why it didn't happen. Thanks for tuning in for another one. We've loved your fan support so far. We'll see you for the next. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.